Jesus calls Peter the accuser, Satan, because Peter's hearts and his words are in opposition to Jesus' words. Peter sets himself against Jesus' mission. He's a temptation to Jesus to lure him away from his mission, which is to suffer, to lose his life, and to take it back up again. Jesus' message to Peter and his disciples and to us turns our view of the world upside down, as it often does. He says, what will it profit a person to gain the whole world and lose their soul? Jesus' words are timely. They were timely in his day and perhaps even more timely in ours. There was what we would call a rat race in Jesus' life. There seems to be a rat race at a blistering speed today. Nations and tech companies are in a race to harness the power of artificial intelligence. For example, if and when we attain this technological enlightenment, we may think that we have gained the whole world. We have the whole world in our hands, only to find that we have lost our soul. Perhaps our way of life or even our capacity to know the difference between the age of information and wisdom. In an effort to keep up with the Joneses, we are like how Jesus describes Peter. We're simply setting our minds on human things rather than on godly things. Jesus graciously puts a stick into the spokes of our wheel of materialism and human thinking here, helping us stop the grind of our minds bent on worldly gain. Worldly thinking only holds us captive to the things of this world, to the pursuit of money, to the acquisition of things, to power and control. We are slaves of it rather than the other way around. Setting our minds on human things blinds us to the transient nature of this world. As scripture says, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. The truth is, we all eventually lose everything. Everything is passing away. We cannot pack a suitcase to heaven. Amazon will not deliver there, <laughs> no matter how much they promise. Some politicians and world leaders make their promises. They raise up their arms greedily around the world to tighten their grip, to dominate, to control, to exploit, do harm and violence, to gain so-called power 
But we know that such nations and leaders have lost their soul. We often measure success by how much attention we get. Just look at social media. How much money we make. How many fair-weathered friends we have. Or how much influence we have or think we have on the world. And so our ego deceives us into thinking that in all our striving, we are reaching happiness. Or one step closer to happiness. But Jesus' truth is sobering. Again, putting that stick into the spokes of our wheels of human thinking. Often, our outward gaining and our winning, what we perceive to be winning, we are losing something even more important, even more precious. Jesus says that we can lose what is most precious to him and what should be precious to us which is our souls, our spiritual welfare. And by our own souls, he doesn't mean that we should put all of our attention on ourselves in a selfish or self-preserving way. No, but rather to see our souls as God's gracious gift, our lives as a gracious gift and our eternal souls as Christ's treasure. It's not a matter of if we will lose, but when and what we will lose, Jesus tells us. We can lose our lives for his sake, but he's only asking us to lose what never belong to us in the first place. All of our material things, even our lives, are on loan with God. It all goes back to Him. All our striving and running after power, possessions, and worldly success may be already threatening to kill our souls. He's asking us to lose something that wants to bring us harm. And it's better to let those worldly things die and fade away than allow them to kill us. It's a salvation, Jesus tells us. It's our salvation to be delivered from that kind of self-harm. And so Jesus calls us not to be winners, but to be losers for his sake. To lose the pride, to lose the greed, to lose the lust for power, to lose our desire for control, to lose everything that hinders us and harms us, to lay aside those things so that we may run toward him. And in our loss, for Christ's sake, Jesus promises that we gain. We gain the one thing that only matters, our relationship with Christ. The one who made us and the one who sustains us. Many of you 
heard Vic Nelson give his testimony at various occasions. Maybe you heard his testimony given by friends and loved ones at his funeral service more than a year ago. Vic would often share how much God blessed him through each loss that he suffered. It was one of his ways of giving thanks to God and reminding us of looking to him in all things. Vic's family suffered a fire that destroyed their home early on when they were a young family. The loss of their home could have taken the lives of this young family. It definitely took away all their possessions. Their loss of their home was aired on television and on the radio. And so their loss became a gain. They gained an outpouring of love and generosity from the Long Island community and were able to rebuild their lives, something much better than homeowners insurance. Vic suffered the loss of his job. Even though his performance was excellent and helped build the company, suddenly he loses his job and so Vic had to lose the last of his savings in order to make ends meet and to invest in making a career change. But God blessed Vic through that great loss. He said, were it not for that loss, he would have missed God's great blessing that he had for him. Vic learned in what he taught that was when we suffered a loss, that it was often God's way of making room for something else, maybe even a greater blessing. Certainly, learning how to depend upon God in all things. Vic learned that his worldly losses made room for God's greater blessings. And so Vic would say, you're looking at the most blessed person you'll ever meet. Not because of pride, but because of thanksgiving. He knew that God was the provider. And he knew that was what, what was most precious to him through loss after loss was the God who took care of him. His own soul, his family, their souls were precious and deeply loved by God. And in telling us the story of his growing trust and love for Jesus, Vic gave us the greatest gift he had to give, his love for the Lord, which was contagious because God first loved him. Losing our lives for the sake of the Lord is salvation. It's deliverance. Because we realize we don't live by our grip on this world and the worldly goods it has to offer. No, we live by God's grip on us. And sometimes when we suffer loss, that's the one time we notice who is holding us. As we free fall into what we think is nothingness, we know the Lord catches us and has us in his firm grip. We're delivered from meaninglessness, emptiness, futile living. We get to let go of unhelpful and harmful things that are impeding us, 
that are part of our worldly thinking, not godly thinking. When we let those things die, God is going to make room for the things of real life, life in him, to grow. We lose the illusion of worldly success. We lose our insatiable egos that always want more and better. We lose a false relationship with the world, knowing that it will not deliver. But we gain a true relationship with Christ, who is the author and perfecter and sustainer of our faith. Our lives take on new and greater meaning through these losses. We lose our false self. We discover our new self in Christ. We gain the image of Christ. We surrender ourselves into the arms of Jesus, which is the safest, most nurturing and loving place we can be. And we find that we have been in the strong grip of Jesus all along. The one who surrendered all for us. What Jesus said to Peter and the disciples, that he must undergo great suffering, rejection and be killed, and on the third day, rise again. Jesus was a loser. He was a loser for you and for me. He lost for our gain. He let go of all the comforts of the world. He told us he had no place to lay his head, no home to live in. He let go of his reputation. He let go of his social status. You'll remember, he wasn't even accepted in his hometown. He let go of his own life. He surrendered it on the cross of Calvary. He lost it all for you and for me. He even loses death's grip on him and on us. Jesus loses everything for us. And we are no thing. We are somebody. We are his precious brothers and sisters. And we are children of the Heavenly Father. He gains us his most treasured possession. He only asks you and me to do what he first does for us. To lose those worldly things and gain that treasure which will never be taken away. Christ himself. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um.